thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been having such a good time studying on the different ones that were healed under Jesus's earthly ministry. And so we want to share that with you. And my goodness, we've had a good time. Go back and watch some of the previous episodes because they will be a blessing to you. I tell you, we need to study these because in these we find our answer on how we can receive healing. But not only that, we find how do we minister healing to someone else who needs it. Because in the Word, every believer is instructed, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We will answer for, did we do that? We will answer for it. Amen. And so we're going to look today at Jairus's miracle that he received in his home. And so turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse 22. And this is the Amplified Classic translation I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 5, verse 22. And we're going to skip around just so we, we just get to Jairus's and we don't bleed into the woman with the issue of blood because her miracle happened in the midst of Jairus's miracle. But we just want to look at Jairus right now. Verse 22 says, Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing Jesus, he prostrated himself at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as almost to suffocate him. Now look at verses, uh, let's look at verses 35 uh, through 43. It says, while he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. So by the time G he's coming to Jesus, she's still alive, but he knows she's close to death. Mm -hmm. By the time they're at this point, word came, she has died. And then they said, your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep on believing. And he permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he looked carefully and with understanding at the tumult and the people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had gone in, he said to them, Why do you make an uproar and weep? The little girl is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed and jeered at him. But he put them all out. And taking the father's, 
the child's father and mother and those who were with him, he went in where the little girl was lying. Gripping her firmly by the hand, he said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death. And instantly the girl got up and started walking around for she was 12 years old. I can't stop right there. I got to stop right there. I can't keep reading. He said to her, little girl, I say to rise, and she got up. I like that. She got up. (laughs) Verse 43, and he strictly commanded and warned them that no one should know this. And he expressly told them to give her something to eat. Let's go back to verse 22. Oh, there's so much in this. So much. Verse 22, then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet. Now remember that Jesus and his healing ministry seemed to be the least popular and the most opposed (laughs) with religious leaders, uh not with the multitudes. Now the multitudes followed him and his fame spread abroad, but I mean, he was not popular with the religious leaders. He was opposed by them. And Jairus was a prominent religious leader. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He was so prominent that his name is listed in the scriptures. Now see, we don't often find the name of the person being ministered to listed, but this shows his prominence. Yeah. So Jairus humbles himself by prostrating himself at Jesus' feet in public. In public. So religious leaders were noted for opposing him, but this one came and worshiped and he didn't care who saw him. Jairus is putting his position and his influence at risk. With the other religious leaders, when he publicly comes and prostrates himself at Jesus' feet, isn't he? Because not everyone in the, in the synagogue was saying yes and amen to that. Right. Right. Amen. When you need a miracle like Jairus did, uh, you come face to face with what's really important to That's you. Right. He found out my daughter's important to me. Not whether I'm still recognized and appreciated by others. I tell you, Jairus placed his family above his prominence. Right. That's so good. And that matters. that matters. He placed his family in his need and what he believed about Jesus above his prominence, he placed it above his position that he held in the eyes of others. Mm-hmm. He was willing to not be admired by others just so long as he could receive what he needed from Jesus. Right. Amen. Yeah. He was the head of his home. And as the head of his home, listen, being head of the home doesn't mean everything in the home goes exactly the way you tell it to go. Meaning this, no, no, let me restate that. Being head of the home doesn't mean it all goes your way. It means you do what's best for everyone in the home. Something might be best for you as the head of the home, but is it best for everyone in the home? You see, and that's what being head of the home means. Jairus is being a faithful head of the home this day. He wasn't considering his position. He wasn't considering his standing in the synagogue. He wasn't considering how other religious leaders viewed him. He didn't care. As head of his household, it was his responsibility to see that the needs of that household were provided for. And that would happen by bringing Jesus in. Amen. As the head of the home, he was leading his family to Jesus. That's 
That's called being a good head of the home. Yes. Amen. He was leading them in a life of faith. Yes. Every man is the head of the home. And that means that you are privileged to bring them to the highest flow. And that is to where God gets his rightful place in your home. Amen. Amen. Verse 23, it says this, that Jairus begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Now look at the faith of Jairus. He doesn't believe she's gone too far, too far. She's at the point of death. She's in the final stages of her disease, in the final stages of the condition. Listen, it's never too late for God. When there's faith in God, it's never too late. Don't decide that something has advanced too far for his help. He, he knew this. He said, she's at the point of death. Listen, at the point of death doesn't make it harder for God than earlier on in, this, in, the, in the stage of the disease. It doesn't matter to God whether it's early in the, in the stage or late in the stage. It doesn't matter. It only matters to man's thinking, but not to God. Amen. So he said to Jesus, my little daughter lieth at the point of the de- at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. Look at this. So she may be healed and live. <laughs> He's stating this is what's going to happen when you lay your hands on her. He doesn't care that she's at the point of death. He says she's going to you're going to lay her hand your hands on her and she shall be healed and live. Amen. So Jairus tells Jesus what he's facing. He is not talking doubt and unbelief by saying she's at the point of death. That's not saying doubt and unbelief. He's telling him a fact, but then he follows the fact with the truth. The fact is this, she's at the point of death, but the truth is you lay your hands on her, she'll live. Truth trumps facts. I tell you, your condition, your circumstance is nothing but a fact, means it's subject to change. Truth is never subject to change. It'll always be the same. God and his word are truth. Everything else is fact. (laughs) It might be a fact you can't pay your bill, but the truth is he he supplies all your need. It may be a fact that you have symptoms in your body, but the truth is Jesus took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses. You see, you lay truth on top of fact and watch the truth change the fact. And this is what, when Jairus was saying what was going on, he was not talking doubt and unbelief. He was saying the fact, but then he followed it up with the truth of what he believed to change that fact. Amen. Sometimes because people will say, and you know, you understand that people are, we're all learning. We want to do right. We want to speak right. We want to make sure we're in the flow of faith, but we have to understand some things. Sometimes when I'm in a service and someone comes up in a healing line, I call for people who need healing and I'll maybe stand in front of somebody and say, well, what, what has, what's been the trouble with you? And sometimes they don't want to say, well, I appreciate that they're, they're, they're wanting to stay in faith, but it's not doubt to say what you're being opposed yes, with. That's right. yes. Because it's a, it might be a fact, but that's not what you're holding to. That's, right. that's not what you're believing that's right. in. That's right. Amen. That's right. And that's what Jairus is. He said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Well, I love what Jairus didn't do. He didn't go and give the whole medical history. Right. <laughs> now, see, now we start getting out of in, out of really fact into wondering, really into maybe doubt and unbelief when you have to, Jesus didn't need the whole 
testimony. He didn't know, need to know how long she'd been dealing with this, how she hadn't been sleeping, how she hadn't been eating, you know, what the doctor said, what the 14 doctors said. We took her to every different doctor. You know, yeah. he didn't need to know the history. He just yeah. said, this is the point of where she's at now. This is what I know what can happen. Yes. Right. Yes. Amen. She's at the point of death. You lay your hands on her, she'll be healed yes. and live. And live. <laughs> so when, when, when you go to your pastor for prayer with your body or you go to some other minister for somebody to lay hands on you, you don't have to give them the history. It's okay to tell them just specifically yes, in a phrase. And that matters because you start talking the, wrong, the history of things and it can start getting bigger in you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he didn't give the whole history. He just said she's at the point of death. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we see this. You have, you have to say what you believe. That's what Jairus did. He reported what was going on, but then he followed it up with what he believed. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. It says this, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, it's telling us for someone to get saved, to receive salvation, they have to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. But this is a spiritual principle of how to receive everything you need from God. If this is how you receive salvation, this is how you receive everything from God. Yes. You have to believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. If that'll get you salvation, which is the greatest miracle, it'll get you every other thing you need in life. Believe with your heart and say with your mouth. Faith has to be in two places to work. Yes. That's good. It's, you can have faith in your heart, but if you never put it in your mouth, you'll go without. Ah, that's you can have faith in your mouth, but not have it in your heart, and those words won't work. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Faith has to be in two places yes. for it to work. That's right. It has to be in your heart and then in your mouth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So we could read Romans 10, 10 this way. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto manifestation. Yes. Because really, if it brings you into salvation, it'll bring you into manifestation yes, too. Right. With your heart and your mouth, your faith involved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what Jairus showed. He demonstrated. He had faith in his heart and he believed it and he said it. Amen. Verse 24, I love this. And Jesus went with him. When Jesus heard him say that, he went with him. Give Jesus words he can go with. He can't go with worry. He can't go with fear. Why? Because he doesn't move with those. Those aren't his companions. Those are not the outflow of him. That's right. Amen. Jairus believed right and he spoke right and Jesus went with him. Jesus always responds to faith. Yes, he does. Always. I, I, there's uh, Smith Wigglesworth made this statement. He said, God will pass over a million people just to get to the one who has faith. That's right. You know what? I'll tell you this. God goes where faith puts him. Anytime faith is there, God shows up. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Verse 35. Let's read it. While he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? Now you know what they think. Yeah. They think it's a bother and a distress to Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Jairus didn't think it was a bother and a distress to Jesus. Amen. And uh, in route, Jesus stops to hear this testimony of this woman with the issue of blood. We didn't read that portion, but there's a woman that was healed in the midst of this passage. In the meantime, this messenger arrives because Jesus stops for a testimony meeting <laughs> to listen. And Jairus had to stand there. My daughter's at the point of death. It didn't matter to Jairus. He'd already said, you come lay your hands on her. She'll be healed and live. Amen. And live. Amen. Amen. I love the way the Amplified says verse 36. Verse 36 reads this, talking about Jesus, overhearing, but ignoring what they said. Jesus said. So here these people come with a message to Jairus and they had something to say. But in the face of them saying something, Jesus had something to say. And listen, circumstances will talk to you, but Jesus has something to say. (laughs) The word has something to say. All circumstances will talk to you. They'll tell you something. They'll talk to you. But when they start talking, turn and say, what's Jesus say? What's the word have to say about this? And learn in every difficulty, every test and challenge of life, learn to ask yourself the question, what does the word say about this? Because that's what happened that day. When Jairus heard the report of death, he stood there and listened to what Jesus had to say about this. Amen. 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 And he said this, do not be seized Mm -hmm. with alarm. Mm -hmm. Do not be struck with fear. Mm -hmm. Only keep on believing. Well, what's he going to keep on believing? What he already started out believing. What did he believe? He believed, you come to my house, lay hands on her, she shall be healed and live. He's saying, keep believing that even though you're hearing something that tells you different. Right. Amen. Amen. So Jesus heard the report just like Jairus heard the report. He didn't care. He ignored it. I love it. It says he overhearing but ignoring. (laughs) You're going to hear the devil talk. So what? So what? The devil's worthy of one thing, ignoring. Ignoring. But only because you got faith. It must be the faith ignoring it, not the hoping it goes away ignoring it. It has to be faith ignoring it. Amen. But overhearing and ignoring what they said. So he ignored what they said. All that matters now is what Jairus, is, what Jairus says. That's all that matters now. Because Jairus' words started this miracle, but Jairus' words can stop this miracle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jairus' words determined where Jesus went. Remember when Jairus spoke right and said, come lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and live. It says, and Jesus went with him. Now, if he says something different, Jesus can't go with him. That's right. Amen. Jairus's words of faith set Jesus in the direction of Jairus's house. Mm -hmm. It's not the messenger's word that determines where Jesus goes next. It's Jairus's words. It's not the doctor's words that determines where your life goes next. It's your words. It's your words. I remember there's a precious woman in our church years and years ago, and she had some kind of, I don't even recall all the details of her physical difficulty that she had. And the doctors came in and told her, and it was not a good report. And when we went and visited her, she said, 
Pastor, I know what they say. And she says, I, I appreciate that they're trying to help me. But she said, it doesn't really matter what they say at this time. What matters is what I say at this time. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's what mattered to Jesus. When, when Jairus heard a different report, he was saying, whose word are you going to go with? Yours or theirs? Amen. Amen. When someone hears a negative report, it's not what they say that matters, it's yours. It's what you say that matters. It's not enough to believe the right thing, you have to say the right thing. Now, can I help you with this? I want, in 25 years of pastoring, I've, I've been able to help people with this and that is people will say to me, Pastor Nancy, I'm going to the doctor this week. Would you believe with me for a good report from the doctor? Well, I understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But I said, aren't we glad to know that no matter what they say, you already have the good report? Whether they ever agree with your report or not, God gave you a report to believe. Don't get your faith on the doctor's report. Because if they tell you something you don't want to hear, what are you going to do then? No, your faith is on the report of the Lord, what he's already told you. Amen. So um, in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus did not, listen, Jesus didn't state he shall have whatsoever he believes. The last phrase, Mark eleven twenty three, he shall have whatsoever he says. Amen. You don't even have what you hear. You have what you say. Jairus heard something, but he didn't have to have it because he can choose by his saying what he's going to have. Amen. So Jesus' first instruction to Jairus when he hears a negative report was don't fear. So it lets you know what's going to show up to challenge the word. What's going to show up? It's fear. Yeah. Why? Because fear is Satan's flow. That is his flow. And I tell you what, fear can strike with force. Yes. Like a fiery dart, it can strike. I remember years ago when my husband, uh, in his late 50s, he was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we were in the doctor's office and the doctor, you know, said, yes, uh, your, your report came back that you have cancer. And um, he was about, I don't know, 56 or 57 at the time. Uh, he went home that day and he said to God, he said, God, you don't miss it. I've missed it. Where have I missed it? And God showed him there's two places you missed it. Number one, he said, you've not been resting your body. I've dealt with you about it before and you didn't, you didn't make the change. He said, number two, you've been, not been obeying me in the office you're called to. And Ed said, okay, I repent. And God said, okay, in 30 days, it'll all be gone. And in day 28, he went back and it was all gone. But... See, he made the correction. Yes. He closed yes. the door to the enemy. Yes. Uh, he found out, he heard from God what to do. Right. He didn't just start throwing healing scriptures at it. Right. He found out the counsel of the spirit yes. and got help. Amen. And so, uh, so this is what I want you to see, the part I wanted to focus on. Ed told me later, he said, when the doctor said to me, you know, we, the, the, the report came back that you have cancer. Ed said, I could feel fear strike at my feet and started coming up my legs tangibly. And now I didn't hear him, but he said, I said under my breath, no, you don't, you get back down there. No, you don't. And he said that fear went away. It went down and went back out. Well, that's where it should be under your feet. 
The devil's under your feet. But can I tell you this? He's not barely under your feet. He's far beneath you, far beneath you. The moment it starts, the moment fear comes, talk to it. Talk to it. Answer that fear. Tell it to go. Amen. Amen. How Jesus was going, uh, how Jairus was going to respond at this moment was going to determine what Jesus could do for him. Amen. Jairus' miracle is not based on Jesus' faith. It's based on his own faith. Your miracle is not based on Jesus' faith. It's based on your faith. Amen. Uh, Verse 37. And it says, and Jesus permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Listen, if unbelief surrounds him, it'll hinder, it'll hinder that setting. Jesus didn't take unbelief to a setting that needed a miracle. <laughs> Amen. When you're believing God for a miracle, it matters whose voices you're listening to. It matters who you're surrounding yourself with. That's why it's so important to have a local church. That's, that's going to be a company of people believing when they're taught the word. Right. Then verses 38 through 40. And when they arrived at the house of the ruler uh, of the synagogue, he looked carefully and with understanding. And at the tumult, the people weeping and wailing loudly. Well, you know what they've entered into, grief and sorrow. Yeah. And when he had gone in, he said to them, why do you make an uproar and weep? The little girl is not dead, but is sleeping. Mm-hmm. And they laughed and jeered at him. Their, their tears changed quickly, didn't that? <laughs> But he put them all out. I tell you what, anything that's going to take faith out of you, you got to put it away from you. But he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him. He went in where the little girl was lying. Why did he take the parents? Because they're an authority over her. He can't go into another man's home and do anything he wants. He has to have their permission. He needs the permission of their faith. A pastor can't just get anything for your life. They don't have the authority over your life. You do. Amen. And you have to give them permission to bring their faith to the situation. And that's what this little girl was under the daddy's authority. Mm -hmm. And he needed the daddy's permission. If the daddy would have spoke doubt and unbelief, then Jesus has no permission for a miracle. Amen. Amen. Verse 41 and 42, gripping her firmly by the hand, he said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death and instantly... Instantly, the girl got up and started walking around for she was 12 years old and they were utterly astonished and overcome with amazement. Not only was she raised up, but she was healed of what killed her. If she hadn't have been healed, she'd have died again. (laughs) But uh, Jairus spoke faith. He refused to yield to fear. Just because fear comes doesn't mean it has to stay. And just because fear comes doesn't mean your faith isn't working. And just because fear comes doesn't mean the word isn't working. When that fear shows up, you answer it. You tell it to go. Amen. Answer that. You just keep words of faith in your mouth no matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what symptoms say. It doesn't matter what others say. What matters is what you say because you believe it. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of my book called The Healer Divine. We invite you to get your own copy. You can go to our website at deframeministries.org and let us know you want that and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit deframeministries.org. 
In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.